Hi, I'm Frankie Frayne, and I've been making movies since I was a kid. I've made three low-budget feature films of varying success, and I went to film school. Twice. For better or worse, I've developed a science for completing feature-length projects on pocket change, and it has a lot to do with the kinds of conversations you'll hear on this podcast with teachers, friends, and artists. You don't have to pay 40 grand a year for bad advice. This is Discount Film School. Okay, welcome back to Discount Film School. Uh, today I'm talking to uh, somebody who is always around filmmaking, constantly, 100% of the time, at least nine to five, uh, five days a week. Talking to Chrissy Hunt, who I've known for years as a staff member at Emerson, um, and also as a, you're a fellow student of mine, too. Or you were for like a snapshot in time. Yes. Uh, in the MFA program. But um, aside from being a filmmaker herself, Chrissy spends her work hours um, mixing and doing film support for students and faculty. And when you're at a film school, that's, uh, that's like a pretty critical job. Like they, they, everybody wants that job. And you get to touch all those hearts. Um, so that, that's why I thought this would be a really interesting conversation. Hi, Chrissy. <laughs> Hi, Frankie. <laughs> She's really nervous for some reason. Um, why are you nervous? Let's start th- right there. Um, if you look at this room, it's a cave. There we go. Yeah, we're in, we're in Mix A, which I remember this, this was the space that when I was on my first uh, tour of Emerson, they were like, it was the place to show off a little bit. Yeah. Like, look, like a film facility. Since then, they've kind of like, maybe not mixes, but they've brought on like some sound stages and stuff like that that they can show off on tours. But this used to be the, like the premier place. Yeah, they still love the Foley pits and places like that. And I mean, it's pretty great to see the capabilities of this room yeah but yeah so i'm like a post-production person so i'm not someone who necessarily do you think of yourself as a post-production person or are you uh is that you're just like i guess when you ask me why i'm nervous i think of that i think of like i'm always like behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and even in my filmmaking like i make one man films so I don't know. I don't have to necessarily deal with people as I'm making. I mean, I do obviously mm-hmm. in shooting and stuff, but it's it's like so different than being on set. Or well, you say that because I, I think about like you know just the the very process of and you you like well we're going to get to this in time, but you make very I think very personal films. Like you're very like you said one man shows, but also kind of um, uh, uh, meditative, quiet, personal stuff. Yeah. Um, interested in home video footage, um, found footage. Like when I first met you in like, oh wait, you were into the yeah. same stuff. Yeah. Like this has been a theme throughout. Has yeah, this- yeah, yeah. Totally personal stuff, which is weird too, because especially, I mean, my first year of grad school we were talking about. Um, yeah. That My filmmaking last year and I guess the fall of this past year was all super personal and like very present stuff I was going through. Yeah. So it's weird that I'm this person who That's what I'm saying. likes like, what, to be like... Like whether you're on screen or hidden. not, like you're putting yourself out there. Yeah, and it's like so putting myself out there. But nobody sees my stuff, so it's fine. Oh, I see. <laughs> so if suddenly, like if you were to, sh- to screen one of your films to like 300 people at the same time... Oh, some of them I'd probably freak out. I'd really? Like, what? Oh my God. <laughs> I hope you didn't get that, you know? Um, so let's, let's, let's go back to uh, how... like. Did you have an undergraduate film education? And, and were you like a were you a film kid all your life or Can you guess where I went to undergrad? It wasn't here. And was where it? I worked in undergrad? 
It was it at Emerson. It was at Emerson. So I'm the same way. I like a, yeah. a two timer. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I double dipped. Yeah. And I worked in Mixa. Really? As a student. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's like right before podcast, we were talking about um, things that inspired us, and I don't know. I mean, I kind of was always into photography for sure, um, but had a very like conservative upbringing and. I went to another, I went to Lehigh University, and then after two years of kind of doing nothing, I decided I needed to transfer, and I just kind of chose Emerson. I don't even know how. Um, but came here and saw a film that totally changed my life. I was like, holy crap, really? Like, you mm. can do, you can just like put images together, and that's a movie? Mm. Like, that's pretty cool. But, so, ha- describe that movie. So that movie is by a professor who's here. Oh, and, okay. Um, it wasn't Rob's. Was it, it was Rob's, okay. <laughs> of course. Like, I, I yeah. just feel like it's so obvious if I were to say yeah. anybody Rob's who, movie. Who, anybody who knows me probably knows Emerson, probably knows Rob Todd. Mm-hmm. There's kind of like a... <laughs> yeah. It's six degrees of Kevin Bacon, six degrees of Rob Todd. Yeah. Um, he's, a, he's, he's a pretty uh, uh, mainstay, well-known faculty member at Emerson who... Um, I would say is best known for um, two things, exciting people, like all over again. Yeah. Um, like he has this experimental class where, where he, he, he brings it back to play yeah. in a very serious way. And two, um, being aloof and missing. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other no, thing. No, and just like doing. appearing, people are always amazed at yeah, how yeah. he just like appears and disappears. He's like Dracula. He kind of like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, just has this presence. Yeah. Uh, no, but he's like, a, he's, he's, everybody knows him. Yeah, so I saw one of his films, like, my junior year, maybe, mm-hmm. and and he was around, he was working here when I was a student, so, I don't know, it just blew my mind, and then that kind of, it's still after that point, it took me, like, six years to actually make a movie of my own, um, and, like, trust that process. What were you doing in between time? Still photography? No, uh, you know, graduated, I was assistant editing in Boston and New York, um, and then I left film altogether for like five years, really? which is kind of amazing when I think about it. Um, yeah, I kind of freaked out at the freelancing world, and well, because it's you never have something permanent, something steady. Yeah, it's and just I jumping around. I was doing well, but I was just like I can't handle the inconsistency, and yeah, so right. Um, that's why I, I mean that's partially why I left LA. It was I was like, am I really going to um, even when you're doing well? I mean, it can end so quickly, and like I, I, I don't feel like I can even be creative, yeah, uh, unless I have some stability. Yeah, no, yeah. Forget about being creative. Like, yeah, I'm trying to pay my bills. Survive. Like, yeah. Forget about like spending thirty bucks on a roll of sixty million. Then you become oh. consumed by that. I used yeah. to know a lot of people who, yeah, they were kind of job hopping all the time, and I was like, all right, so like, um, obviously this is a means to an end, which is to be an artist. So what do you like? When do you write? And they're like, I don't write. I can't. I can't write. Yeah, like, like I'm time? freaking out. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> so that was, you know, I mean, some people thrive under those stressful circumstances, but I think that people think they thrive under those stressful circumstances way more than they really do. I do yeah. think stability can play a big part in just like making you feel like, you know, giving you a weekend to completely relax in your home and focus in on what you're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everyone's different too. Like, it's true. I I try to tell graduating senior, you know, like people always come in here and just kind of like freak out at the end of the year. Yeah. And I really want to talk about that. So, from my past experience, like with my friends, like I freaked out. You know, I was doing pretty well, and I freaked out. 
um, and my friends who maybe weren't starting off as well as I had, like everyone survives. At the mm-hmm. end of the, like, you're going to live, you're going to survive, it's going to be okay. Let's face it, they pass everybody. What's that? <laughs> Let's face it, they pass everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, so like, every, I think everyone's going to freak out when they graduate, but I try to just tell them, like, like that's at oh, least the time. Yeah, 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 after graduation. That's yeah. the time that you can take risks, too. Like, it's harder for me to take a risk now and just be like, forget it, I'm yeah. in New York, who it, cares? It's hard, to, it's hard to believe that's true when you're faced with it. But mm-hmm. you'll only realize it five After years fact, later. Yeah, right. right. And um, for sure, uh, you have that uh, that open opportunity. But I don't know. I'm uh, you know I'm I'm also just this kind of um, like I'm wearing a sweater vest as we speak. Like I'm 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 a little lame, and so I like I like having a little bit of money in the back pocket mm-hmm. to be like, all right, I can make a movie on the weekends or something like that. Um, and I also like I yeah you know, I don't really believe in. Um, it's not that I don't believe in something like crowdsourcing. I, th- I think it can be really positive. It's it's more like I I like to be able to um, to not have to do it yeah. to make my own films um, and keep those. And it's not to say that I'm like blowing my whole salary on films. I, I still keep the budgets really low, but there's that security. It's like okay, we can. If I need a camera, I can go get a camera. Blowing your whole salary. That's pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whatever there is of it. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I feel the same way. Um, I mean, the whole do-it-yourself thing, like, I can't... Nobody sees my movies, right? Mm-hmm. Like, producing is a whole other world. Like, trying to get money from people yeah. to make a movie. Yeah, you really you, you really don't often cross into that because you're like, you know, it, it, it really is that one-person crew. Yeah, I mean, I'm so... I'm starting to, like, last summer, I'm working on a big project now that's um, going to be my thesis. It's a chapter film that takes place over a number of years, um, and it's shot in Estonia. So I go to Estonia each summer Mm -hmm. to my cousin's house. And so some things there, like there's an island off the coast of the village, and, like, I need to get a boat ride to the island. So, like, I asked my friend. You know, like, it's my producing is, Mm -hmm. like, through friends and, like, favors and stuff like that. Or, um, you know, trying to interview some older women in the village like, that's, like, a big step for me. You know? Oh, is that right? I mean, somewhat, to be like, okay, like, I'm going to try to talk to these older women who have these amazing stories and histories. I would think they would love it. They would be like, I've been waiting for somebody to ask me for years. Right, but it, also it's in another language. Like, I don't uh, speak yeah, the language. Yeah. How do you um, get around that? Um, so, so, friends, again, like, yeah. and just, like, really the generosity of these people there that... I've become close with, um, and just giving them an idea and sense of like what I want, content that I want. Yep. It's not really interview; it's like conversational kind yeah, of. Yeah, kind of like these. Yeah. Um, and just memories, whatever you know. Like mm-hmm. older people do like talking about their memories, so it does come. It's a little more interesting to assemble a film out of that too. Um, to assemble mm-hmm. a story out of memories as opposed to, like, uh, try your best to tell me the story well or something like that. Right. Um, you know, dude, you're the storyteller, not necessarily them. You you want their experiences. Yeah. Like this movie that you saw, the Canada movie? Yeah, which you should describe a little bit. I, I just um, watched this um, two days ago. Yeah. Uh, Morella is the title. Morella is the title, and Morella is my family's name, mm-hmm. and it means of the sea. And um, so this is about our cottage in Canada. It's my grandparents' cottage, and my grandparents came from Estonia in 
the 50s. And they left in the 40s, but then eventually made their way to Canada by like 52, I think. Um, so it's basically a film about family and generations and basically about their trip. Mm-hmm. You know, like my aunt is the one who's talking about their trip over. Um, and that's like what I was talking about, memory. Like yeah. after, like that came through too. Going through that recording with her, the different, the different ways people tell memories. Mm-hmm. Like some memories are memories that they've told a million times, and yeah. it's just like a reflex. And then some they're like feeling again yeah. as they're telling it. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of interesting to deal with that. Um, but yeah, so she tells this story about like their journey their trip over her memories of that and then it's just kind of uh i guess our experiences as a family and, at this and place. feeling that space i mean that's really yeah. that it's been a lot of movie a lot, a lot of the movie feeling that space yeah this this is what they provided us basically yeah. is yeah. kind of the the theme and you shot on film you so this is something yeah. that kind of interests me about you is, so I've had two film educations now, and I, to be on, perfectly honest, like I'm pretty you crappy with film. It. Yeah, like, it's not that. I mean, I, I totally, you know, I was just uh, there was an episode we did uh, with Julian Higgins, who she, shoots all of his stuff on 35, and and he's pretty um he's pretty into it. That's awesome. And, and, and he made a really good argument um about why and how, and and I'm I'm really not against it. It's just so damn prohibit prohibitive to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're doing something altogether different with it. So I want to your a lot of your job responsibilities have been related to the film facilities here, mm-hmm. more so than digital in the past. <clears throat> um, in the past, in the recent years, but I mean, I certainly have the div- digital background as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when I think of the film people on campus, like film staff, I, like uh-huh. you're, you're the first that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Woo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I've had a lot of experience in it personally and then professionally as well, which is pretty cool. But um, personally, like you say, it's prohibitive. That's actually what it, that's a big thing that I like about it. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, my friends joke all the time. Like, I don't have a digital camera. I have my iPhone. Um, Like, last weekend, I was at my sister's graduation. And I took 400 photos. Just, like, within a couple of hours. Digital? Digital. Yeah. From her camera. And her friends always make fun of me. You know, like, oh, Chrissy's got the camera, watch out. Yeah, yeah. That's my problem. I'll just take, like, a million pictures. I'll take, I'll shoot so much video mm-hmm. if that's what I have in my hand. So film really makes me stop and think about what I want to shoot. Yeah. And get really excited about it. Like, I plan it more. I imagine it's kind of like, it's kind of like paint, where, you know, it's like, here's the canvas, here's the paint. Everything I do with it right. has to be what I want to do with it. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I got to turn it into a little bird or something or a rock. Right. <laughs> and I mean, that happens. It turns sometimes it like you plan one thing and it turns into something yeah. else. Yeah. I mean, that's what happened with this. This was, I shot a lot of this movie in 2006, like all the kind of like family oh, stuff. Um, it was, and when I went back to it a couple years ago, I thought it was total crap. I was like, oh man, like it's so shaky. It's all handheld. I was trying to do a cinema verite. I was going to say, does that matter when you're trying to go for this uh, really untraditional style? Maybe not, but my shooting has gotten, it's improved a lot since then. Mm-hmm. So, and my shooting's different since then. So, um, but at the time I was just, I was trying to do sync sound, capture, you know, these scenes yeah. of my family. 
Um, how ridiculous so, must you look with all this film equipment? Yeah, yeah. Because I imagine, like, when you're making a little movie, like, like oh a little God, cinema so verte stupid. film, like you got this little camcorder, and you're and nobody really minds, especially if you've got an iPhone or something. Yeah. But you have to what? You have a Nagra. You've well, that a, was no. I had. I was. Come on. I got a dat recorder at that time. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> but still, I had this huge CP16 camera and like a boom mic sticking off the front, and the mic picked up like the mag. Uh, sound for yeah. like half the time. Like I don't use the sync sound in the movie, mm-hmm. but uh, I use some of it. Yeah, you got, it's like that Italian neorealist, like seventies. Uh, so ridiculous. <laughs> just, they were like, finally the cameras are tiny, but they were still like. Massive. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I I know like one of the opening scene in this, at least in the cut that I saw, is uh, in a car. So yeah. like, are you like? It's to a little girl too. Yeah, you know, it actually maybe because it's to a little girl, like it comes out fine. I guess the lens was wide enough. No, it, I mean you watch it. I was it, probably just, stuck up like against the. Window. Yeah, I, I just knowing about film, I, yeah. I I happened to know like, geez, that must have been difficult to get the yeah. camera in there. So what kind of camera was it? An, uh, an RE? No, it was a CP sixteen. CP sixteen. Cinema Products, I think is what it was. Okay. Like Emerson used to have them back in the day when I was a student in like. The 90s and early thousands, and then. Do you I, have one? I bought one, oh, yeah, cool. after I graduated. But I was wondering why they. It might be interesting, like if some of that equipment you could almost, you know, buy lower end stuff and sell it to students on the way out and just keep it cycled at your school. I was thought <laughs> like, you could probably there's probably yeah, right? there's probably better ways to do it. I'm sure people have done that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, I remember <laughs> I heard from uh, from the equipment center one time that they they were like. Uh, they're like, there's a black market of, of camera rentals. I was like, what are you talking about? It like yeah. it captured my imagination. <laughs> and they were like, well, you know, somebody who's qualified for a camera for this class will, you know, let somebody else rent it out. And they do that all the time. And I was like, well, it's not, oh, really, a big, it's not really a big deal, right? Because whoever signs it is responsible. So if you give it to somebody who yeah. breaks it, then, you know, they were like, yeah, that's, that's how we get around that. There I was, was like, a, right. There was a black market for hand processing this past year. There's so many film one classes, and students have to, you know, pay to get their film processed. So this one kid was charging others to process their film. Really? <laughs> How did he do that? Oh, because it was like in bulk. Um, you got a deal in bulk. No, no, because he was processing it himself. Oh, he had like his own dark room or something. Here we process. We can process here. Oh, wow. Fifth. That is a black market. Probably shouldn't say this. <laughs> we got to cut this. Um, uh, d- describe film one for people who don't know. Um, so film one, students shoot on a Bolex uh, film camera and edit. And those things are like from the 50s at this point. Um, I don't know. Maybe we have later. some new ones. I, I really actually don't know how old they are. Um, but they're good. They're really great yeah, and they have great lenses. Yeah, right. Great lenses. Um, so they shoot on the Bolex, black and white, reversal film, and then they edit on the Steenbeck. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're packed. The fall, there's like 11 classes, and there's two experimental film classes, one with Rob Todd, one with Catherine Rooney. And you manage the Steambecks as well? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I manage in terms of film Filmy film stuff. stuff yeah. Filmy film stuff is the Steambeck, Magdubber, Projection Room, that's just post-production. But also, I mean, I remember when I did like, so then there's film two, right, which is mm-hmm. uh, color negative Yep. Um, now you're shooting on a 60 millimeter RE or something like that, mm-hmm. and um, and it's supposed to be kind of your your next big step uh, with sync sound, um, and you do edit that. You know, ultimately you'll get that digitally 
mm-hmm. uh, copied and you'll edit that. You'll, you know, you'll edit in Avid or something like that. Yeah. But I remember, uh, it wasn't you, it was Jonathan Schwartz at the time, um, when I was a student, yeah. but he would visit all of the classes and say mm-hmm. like, here's, so do you still do stuff like that? I do. So what's your speech sound like? Um, what are the big bullet points? So big bullet points. Oh man. What do you tell a bunch of kids? Come on, we just ended the semester. Try to like erase that. (laughs) Paul Toronto says he like resets his brain. Yes. So mine's in reset mode. Because you're looking at a bunch of, Um, you're looking at people who are 19 years old. So I tell them, um, I tell them that as soon as they're done shooting, they should like not sit on their film. Send it out right away. Yeah. You know, that's time. That's precious time. That's, that film's like out of your hands and out of your control. And as soon as you get it back... Because it maximizes your editing time. Yeah, because, right. you know, there's always like certain pushes like to write and then to shoot it and then to edit it. And people want to take little breaks in between. And those breaks are critical. If any one of those stages um, lags, yeah, you're just going to run out of time at the end. Yeah. So I, I actually, I generally start with the end time. Like this is the screening date and... This is our goal, and our goal is to have all of the film twos um, on a Blu-ray to screen in the Kevin Bright theater. Yep. Um, and you're all Blu-ray now for that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. for we co- used to. Some people you would had beta. Uh, I think. Yeah, yeah, they would screen in beta. Oh uh, no, with Jonathan, he said he got to a point where because um, it can be hard to like wrangle everything and get all the movies in and burned to yeah. a Blu-ray. Yeah, and a lot of people are still kind of like, what the hell's a Blu-ray, you know? Yeah, why do I have to do that? Can yeah. I, the screening's on the 3rd, why do I have to hand it in the 29th? You yeah, know? can I give you a file? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess at a point, they were all just like on their own DVD. So they're like, play, yeah. eject, play, eject, Mine you know? And it took like DVD. five yeah. hours to have yeah. the screening. So we have them hand in the file like four days before the screening, an HD Apple ProRes mm-hmm. 1920 1080 file, um, and then we put together a program and burn generally two Blu-rays. Yep. Um, and so to get to that point, they they can mix with either Pierre or myself or mm-hmm. one of our mix assistants. We're we're at a point now where it's generally our mix assistants are doing all the film twos, and Pierre and I are doing the BA and BFA mixes. So why 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 is it structured that way? Why is it that that class? is like, okay, you have to go to a professional mixer to get this done, as opposed to like leveling in a little program or something. Um, So I think why it's structured that way is because back in the day when Film 2 was on film and they edited like six tracks of mag. Yeah, exactly. They mixed in here with the mag dubbers and you needed to have a professional mix it. Just to to work with it. Yeah, just to to get it down to one track so Mm -hmm. you could screen it, you Mm -hmm. know? So, um, and to maybe go through that process. Um, and I think it's a valuable process because so many, so many people just think, okay, edit, done, you know, but there's still color correction, which can drastically change your movie and mixing, which can drastically change it. And you might think it sounds fine on these computer monitors or these headphones, but then you get into a room where you can really hear it and you hear it. Like every little thing. Especially like bass levels that you wouldn't have heard and suddenly yeah. there, there's wind in there that you never heard before. Yeah. And, yeah, and just, it's it's actually kind of great like going through the process. Like when you EQ in Pro Tools, you can kind of turn on and off an EQ. Mm-hmm. And so I'll do that and say like, can you hear what 
you know, what we're taking out. So you're educating all along. Yeah, I yeah. try to, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, yeah. That's what makes you, that's what makes your job, I think, really interesting is that you, you're, you're, um, you know, so I work in IT here. So I, I and, and do I teach people things? Yeah. But do I feel like I'm part of any student's education? Not necessarily. Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit removed from that. But you're almost kind of like, uh, in a way, I mean, I, I like, I'm sure people wouldn't like me saying this, but it's kind of like an assistant faculty in a certain degree. Like, as they come in for the little kind of mixing lab, if you will. Yeah, and I also kind of like, some students probably hate, like, I know some students, they're not going to come back for a couple of weeks because um, I, uh, I don't know. Why? I hijack their brains a little bit. Oh, I see. Well, some of them, like, I mean, it is a process, and it's, I, I always tell them, like, hey, have you shown your professor, like a BA or BFA students, you know, have you shown your professor the movie, like, have some faculty members watch it, get feedback, you know, because they've been making movies forever, you know, so yeah. they know more than your friends. They've got the muscle memory. Yeah, yeah, and the friends who are in the same, at the same level, don't necessarily... They just don't know to go to a, you know mm -hmm. a certain place. Mm -hmm. um, but I understand it's also like a process. It's kind of funny. Um, mostly the students who work with uh, work for us here on the yeah. floor are the ones who have like the most influence, you know, or mm -hmm. they're here all the time. They work for us, so um, we're just like pushing them a lot. It's but, definitely like an in-demand job if you're a film student, like to work with film. Yeah, <laughs> all day. Yeah. Uh, they love it too. They're, every time I see your kids, they're always just like ha like happy to be alive and shit. Yeah, they're super pumped. Yeah, right <laughs> now we're, we're it's gonna be so funny. We're working on a training video for basically showing students how to like the stupid things that this this age of students are all digital. Yeah. They don't know anything yeah. about analog. So this is a video to kind of show them how to use a splicer. So you and your student team are actually making a film about yeah, it? Yeah, making a video. It's like a Parks and Rec style. Oh, wow. It's gonna be, hopefully, it's going to be so funny. So the idea is to basically be like, um, you're about to work with a lot of things you've never even heard of. Is that the, you know, kind of an intro to that? Um, kind of. It's kind of like typical day in the, in the DFL oh, okay. lab office. Okay. Um, That's really so idea. students coming up like my splice is broken and it's just the student doesn't know how to use it or mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. like that. So just showing them how to, you know, just yeah. integrating proper use into this kind of funny video. I wonder if they, you know, like if, cause for, for me, when I got into filmmaking, I instantly kind of gravitated towards the technology because that's something you can start to master before you have an artistic mastery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that's going to take yeah. time to develop, but you can at least be like, all right, well, how does this shit work? Yeah. Um, and uh, I, after years of, you know, I went through um, tape to tape and I went through VHS and I went through, uh, I know everything about DVD and Blu-ray and uh, mini DV and blah, blah, blah. Got, you know, P2 cards, the uh -huh. dreaded P2 cards, <laughs> um, <laughs> the yeah. very short-lived P2 cards. Um, and I watched, uh, recently there was that Keanu Reeves documentary, Side by Side, which was like this kind of, it was pretty much a recap of everything that's happened from film to digital mm -hmm. with the significant films that have been at play um, and talking to lots of filmmakers who have been influential in it. And I was like, I was really impressed by how, like in an hour and a half, you pretty much have all the information there. It's, hmm. I, I would definitely like, I would totally screen it to kids. Um, yeah. They should really take a look at it. Huh. Okay. If they've never heard of it before. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's just, it's fun to, to think back and to remember and be like, oh yeah, I guess that was when 
things started changing. Like, you know, it was probably 2003 that the, the DVX 100 came out, the 24P camera. Okay. Before that, there wasn't, like, digital cameras did not shoot in 24. Yeah. 24 frames per second. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but that was just when it was like, okay, I guess maybe people want to make movies with these things and not just TV or not just little commercials yeah. or soap operas. I don't know why. Um, I think electronics couldn't run like at that rate, at that speed. Oh, really? It's like a, actually a technology yeah, limit? I'm pretty sure. Mm. Um, yeah, it is kind of interesting to have like lived through all of this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's personally, I like the technology of film a lot more. It's like so simple to me. But, um, it's mechanical. Remember, that yeah. was the first thing I kind of noticed about the Bolex was, like, I don't need to plug this into Jack. Like, mm-hmm. it, it'll, do, yeah. it'll do everything with just, like, its own force. Yeah. You know, but I like up. getting nerdy about things, too. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, like, a big troubleshooter. I like getting really, like, nerdy and um, into, like, efficient ways of doing things. Yeah. Whether it's film or video. Like this training video that we're shooting about film, we're going to shoot it on the F3 so that we can learn that whole workflow. Oh, good. You're like, well, we might as well not waste our time. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. no, exactly. So just like, I mean, as much as I do film and all that, um, I'm I'm definitely interested in like being on the pulse of whatever's Mm -hmm. coming out. What what do you, you're talking about like efficient workflows. What do you, what do you think are kind of the most common that you, because you see so many movies and you see so many people's workflows. What do you see that's like, oh man, if everybody, if I could just say this to everybody, this would Um, save everyone so much time. Oh, well, one thing is a a lot of people think if they link to AMA and Avid and edit, it's going to be like a lot faster. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. So... I don't know. I'm how a far to, I don't know how far to go with this. Like you know, let's go fi- deep, deep dive. You know, in Final Cut, you can just edit right away, right? Yes, you but, import your clip and you and you're yeah. editing. Yep. But the computer's always processing and always working. Yes. While you're doing that, right? right? Like especially H.264. Right. You're. It's um, always encoding as you're playing. Yeah. Live. Um. So Avid, you can do that too, but it's called Link to AMA. It's like Link. I I forget what AMA means, but uh-huh. um, some kind of offline. It's like yeah. It's. Avid media access or something like that. Anyway, it's, it's that it's that way of editing. You link to the clip and you can edit. Yeah. Rather than having Avid transcode it into its own format um, so it doesn't have to be working all the time, right? Right, okay. So you're linking... It's kind of like having a, like a cache or like a, um, yeah. a, 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 a proxy almost. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so you're editing in link to AMA. It lets you do that. But then you can run into a ton of problems down the road if you if you edit in link to AMA. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes it won't if you mix different frame rates, it won't let you export your, your clip, you know, yeah, which yeah. is like what that's ultimately what you want to do at the end of any editing process. Um so whatever, that's one thing. People think that just it's a quick way to get started and start their edit, you know. So you're they, better, they're better off um, trying to actually edit the actual clips. Transcode. Transcode. Yeah. Transcode. Create a new Avid file. Okay. Right? So that's one. Yep. I'll save you time. This is boring. In the long run. I don't give a fuck. Um, this is va- invaluable to Invaluable. The okay. Another one. But they don't listen. We tell them all the time. They'll, they'll learn through experience. 
I'm I'm trustworthy Frankie Frayne. Okay. This is a credible podcast. Okay. It's, it's like All at right, least kids. 20 people listen to this. All right, kids. Uh, you should I should have made up like 10 things. Okay, That's number okay. 2 is always sync before you start editing. Sync your audio. Sync your audio. I agree. Before you start editing, not <laughs> I only after. made that mistake one time. So I made a whole feature length movie. Oh my god. With synced with a uh, with non-sync sound shooting. Yeah. I only did that once. I edited it without syncing it, and then I had to go back to the edits and massage the audio clips. And I didn't even clap in, by the way. Yeah. I was syncing to the ad in action. Um, oh, are you serious? Yeah. Which worked. But yeah, ultimately, I ended up, um, uh, what I would do is I'd make a, so I edit in either Premiere or Final Cut. I don't edit in Avid. Um, why? I don't know. Because it's what I grew up on, I guess. Um, I make another sequence. I lay down all the clips all the audio that was recorded, and I sync one by one. And the, you know, I'm, I use the same field recorder we're recording this with, which gives me four tracks in the timeline, and I, I sync all those together. Then later I'll mute what yeah. mic we weren't using. But keep them all there, just Keep them all there, because someday you're going to make a blooper reel, and you're going to want to <laughs> take mics that were still on and shit. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I, that, that's exactly what I do. But some so, people use that pluralized thing. Uh-huh. Wait, hold on. Before pluralized. Okay. You were saying you sing to the ah in action. Yes. Which the ah could be like two or three frames long. Yeah. So P's or B's are generally Much better. better to sing to. She's totally right. I'm just being a nerd here. And you'll end up Give finding you a, that. That's yeah. point of number three. She's totally right. So number four, pluralized. Well, pluralized. Doesn't work for me. Um... Ah uh, man, we that that's something we got like totally nerdy on last summer. It's an um, auto it's an auto sync tool. Mm-hmm. The problem I was having with it was because I played with it, I was like, I'd like to save myself some time. Although I kind of like, I it's, it sounds a little sick, but I kind of like going through the clips and syncing them because it, it acquaints me with the footage before I start editing. Yeah, which is something that I, I would normally just like start thrusting away <laughs> without any foreplay. <laughs> but but this requires me to do that. Uh, but pluralize your film likes you better. Yeah, exactly. Uh, get it all loose. Anyway, um, w- uh, with pluralize, it flattens all four tracks. I found into oh, okay. one. It kind of favors one. It was like I think this is the. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't I realize like, that. And it creates like a new sequence, right? Yeah. So we were playing. I mean, most of what we support here is avid. Um, but obviously, that's, that's we kind of that's the traditional film workflow. Is uh. Yeah, and especially now with Final Cut 10, it's just a more professional workflow. Yeah, I mean, Final Cut 10 took a step back and made it kind of more like a uh, Fisher Price. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know it. I have. I'm like. I'm with you. I'm such a snob, but um, Premiere is. We're gonna. I'm a fan. Start supporting Premiere as I'm well. I'm a fan. But um, yeah. Uh, last summer we were checking out uh, Pluralize with Avid and the big thing it does there is it creates a new sequence right so then you bring all these sequences into avid and you have sequences and not master clips right and so you lay that yeah you lay that sequence into a timeline and there's nothing actually locking it together and keeping it synced you know like Mm. especially for a beginner i mean anybody really like you the nice thing about these programs is they tell you if your clip is out of sync, you know, like by one frame yeah, or three right. frames or whatever. Give you a little error. So you don't get that little error message, mm-hmm. and um, it just seems like a nightmare. And you can be more acquainted with your film if you just sync it up. Yeah. It's not that difficult, especially with um, 60Ds and 70Ds and stuff like that that have... 
they're all already recording an audio track that's how to I, that that's file. Do, right? So you just link it. You just check out the waveform and and then I just mute the I mute sync. the seventies track and then I'm I'm off to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Works out well. Avid, you can make multi, like you can make group clips, so you can have different tracks mm-hmm. and turn one off and on. Whatever. All that nesting and stuff, yeah. It's kind of beautiful. So what else? How about just um, how about from a production standpoint? Or do you never really deal with? No, that? I do. I talk about production, like audio, right? Because we're doing mixing. Um, so it it was my experience as a student, and um, I think it's I don't know. It's probably still an experience of students that often on set the camera is like the main focus. So sometimes the audio guy gets pushed away or in film too, like nobody wants to do audio. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh, the editor is doing the audio, you know, like it's just kind of like second purely utilitarian. Like, I guess we have to have sound so you can join us. (laughs) Yeah. And then they get into the editing room and they're like, crap, like this sounds like it's 10 miles away. You know, And as I always say, and I I don't remember who I heard say this the first time, but, but, Actually, I think it was a, I think it was CE who's a cinematographer. The sound makes your film look better. Yeah. Right. And it actually has this effect of of it it ties the clips together with yeah. the, with how smooth or continuous or give you, giving you a sense of space from yeah. the camera to the subject and whatnot. And that re- that really impacts the way you're receiving the visuals. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, completely. Um, so well. To go to go on that note, um, some of the some of the mixes I did this semester, like we were talking before about whatever influence with students as yeah. they pass through. So one of them um, who also worked for us here, he was doing an animation, and we'd been just kind of like checking out his stuff for the past two years. He's been working really hard on this, and then it comes down to like final push. And we're watching it, and we're like, what? Like, you you have so much music in here. It's like a five-minute animation. You have this dramatic music. Um, and at that point, you have to kind of find a way to say it, that it's like, like, have you thought of other things mm-hmm. here? Can you Have you thought of other sounds rather than just music? Because you, you have to probably straddle that line of, like, is it my place to give a creative note? Or is it my place to be like, all right, you know, Here's some options. Now you make the creative decision. Yeah. I also think, yeah, for sure. I also think it's like a technical thing and, um, for sure. And I wouldn't say it to everybody. I mean, I say it and they have the decision, obviously. I'm not going to, they're the director. I'm not going to change their movie. But you're kind of their mixer, right? I mean, you're kind of a, a collaborator. As a mixer, like, I feel like it's totally appropriate mm-hmm. to say, hey, you know, like, do you want to take this down a bit or not? But this student was like a student who works here and, oh, you know, okay. a different kind of relationship. Sure. So, um, and we, and I say we, because my coworkers and I, like, we just have this kind of group mentality around the floors here. Well, what the hell, it's, it's Um, filmmaking. It has to have, I've always said, like, I, the people I make movies with, it has to have a familial something or other. Otherwise, it's stoic and cold and horrible. Yeah. Yeah, I, I imagine that has to be the case. Yeah, and when you're along the ride for a film for like a couple of years, you know, you have a certain investment 
and you're visualizing it a certain way and hearing it a certain way. So then you see it you and think you about see it after hours. how much, <laughs> yeah, you're they're like, down. they get so surprised. Like what, why were you thinking like, about you my care? movie last night? Yeah. Like I was going to bed and I was thinking about, because you're <laughs> a problem, like, what? Because you're a problem solver and, and in post-production it's like, yeah. how, how do we solve all these problems? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So his movie, um, is like trudging through the snow, this mountain. And he's got this dramatic music all through the beginning. And we're just like, what, why do you have this music? And like it was too on the nose or it was too overbearing? It's or what? too much. Yeah. It's too overbearing. I'm someone who's, who thinks of sound first and music like last, mm-hmm. you know. I, I'm, Movies are going that way, I think, too. Which, you know, I understand that's my personal taste. So if you want to have music, that's fine. But I'm going to tell you, hey, you know, like, have you thought about this without the music that's like so directing my emotions right now and yeah. I'm not experiencing your film. Right. So, um, it's a laugh track at that point. It's telling me when to laugh. It's telling me when yeah, to cry. Yeah, completely. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was tough because the student had gone through the last like three months, like really pushing with just working 24 hours a day on this movie. And then to say like, Hey, like <laughs> I don't like the music. <laughs> Never mind the music. Yeah. yeah. He's like, what? I quit. You know, I'm out of here. But um, was he I, actually pissed, or was he just a little bit hurt? No, I mean he wasn't actually yeah. pissed. I think it's just that point where you know he thinks he's done, and oh, one more thing, you think you're done, one more th- like it's, it was like that yeah. for like three months for him. And, it isn't. It isn't raging. I and as a student, it's really tough. I mean, yeah. either way, like I go through that too. It's like, what you don't like? Why don't you like that? Same here. Yeah. It's great, you know. Yeah. And then it take you have to sit with it for a bit. Like you say, especially with the added pressure of like, you know, I do also have to graduate. Like, yeah, you, you know. have a screening in two weeks. Yeah, can we figure something out? So <laughs> I'm ready to call it good enough. <laughs> I know he's like, screw it, I don't care. Like yeah. some of his renders were not correct, and he's like, I don't care, I don't care if you can see like the pixels on the screen. Can I interrupt for a quick story? I when I went to my film two screening, which as you say, is like five hours student films and I brought friends who are not filmmakers and they were like (laughs) like, what the fuck is this Um, but I was like into it because I knew everybody Uh, but there was one moment like it was you know they probably programmed I don't think it's particularly programmed but I think it was kind of grouped by class right or something like that it'd be interesting to curate it though to kind of start to group movies together in in types of genre I don't know how hard that would be kind of interesting Um, but there were maybe one too many seriously artsy-fartsy movies in a row. Mm-hmm. Like maybe yeah. like two or three. And so everybody was getting fatigued. Uh-huh. And <laughs> we came up on one of the kids who was screening with a DVD. And it starts glitching out and pausing and repeating sound. But nobody realizes it's a glitch. We all assume uh, that it's just... It's the movie. And finally he, he shouts out it in, in the boardy theater, which is, you know, maybe yeah. sits 300 people or so. He goes, it's not art. It's a fuck up or something like, <laughs> something like that. And everybody just like died laughing oh and was just like, all right. Like when, when you don't Eject. even know what yeah. you yeah. should be accepting as art anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, that, that was definitely one of those moments of like, uh, it, it's good enough or something like that. Yeah. When I first started here, I was doing all the film two mixes. So I saw all the films. Yeah. So I tried to, I tried to have a program, have them in a way so that you wouldn't get... You would, oh, like, you? fall asleep yeah. at a certain point, you know? Bring you up, bring you yeah, down. Yeah, and, like, have the good ones kind of, like, near the end so that people stay. You Stick know? around. <laughs> it's going to get good eventually. Yeah, it's gonna, the last one's <laughs> hilarious. They're going to sound really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but so 
the point I was getting at with Sorry. the animation. No, no, no. You were talking about how sound can make the yes. cinematography look better. So that was what that was all about, you know? Like, you're just slapping music on because you're not sure what to do sound-wise. There's so many more tools here that you're not so using. So we thought about sound a lot more, mm -hmm. and it really made his animation better, you know, come to life. Oh, yeah. And same, there was a documentary, too, this semester, like, amazing cinematography. Um, and just, like, punching up some of the backgrounds and stuff. But it is always the students, it's their movie, you know? Mm -hmm. It's If they want to have music, if they want to... Whatever they want to do, it's up to them. That's part of a film education is yeah. living with the decisions you make and yeah. saying, uh, you know, committing to them or deciding not to commit to them. Uh, but definitely, I mean, that's the experience of a director. That should be the experience of a director. Um, so uh, I want to get back to your, your work again. Uh, okay. So Morella, um, you said that you actually shot, you started shooting it a long time ago. What made you come back to it? Um, I think just the fact that I didn't do anything with it. That I had like 2,000 feet of film that was just kind of sitting there. That would kill me. do anything with. And you, and you had uh, processed it and everything? It was yeah. there, ready to go? Yeah, and it was like in the back of my head, like, oh, this is something I should check out. And I think, I think like two years ago, so I shot it on the CP and I recorded the sound on a, dat, a mini DAT recorder that I had. And I had like seven tapes of sound. So I started kind of syncing up the film digitally. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It all just happened kind of so slowly, but like perfect timing. Because mm -hmm. I did a lot of that work. Um, I was like, I remember I was like painting my room. And so while I was painting the room, I just like listen to the sound. Because these tapes are like two hours long. Yeah. So I'd listen to the sound. And then stop and, like, mark an endpoint if I heard the camera click on or off, you know? I like that. <laughs> it's my, my multitasking. Well, because when else are you... you uh, it, it's the kind of work that's necessary to dive into it, but when are you really going to realistically sit there doing nothing but listening to it? Yeah, it's like, I don't get paid for that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's like you're saying, like, sitting and listening to your... syncing your sound, like... Because I heard all the two hours, I heard of like I heard everything that was going on before and after the shot. Yeah. You know, and you start to form new thoughts about it. Yeah. yeah. So that was a couple of years ago that I was thinking it, and then last, I guess it was 2011, right before I started the grad program. Yep. I started kind of editing a little bit, mm -hmm. um, just like the first two or three scenes, and then this semester for my workshop. That was my goal. I'm like, I want to finish this movie. Yeah. And um, the, the middle section where she's talking about leaving Estonia and coming here, um, that footage I shot in 2010 with uh, an animation bullock. It's all time lapse. Oh, yeah. So, and you'll notice, it's like totally different. It's like on a tripod, yeah. stable, time lapse. Um, I came across that when I was reviewing my footage, um, I guess in like February or something. And then, I don't know, I just, I spent a pretty, a pretty long weekend going through that material. It's, it's really grueling for me. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's exhausting. The process, I hate it, mm -hmm. but I love it at the same time. Like, I think I love this stage where I'm like really close to being done. Mm -hmm. But then I'm also not sure if I'm like making decisions like to just because I want to be done, to you finish, know, like, yeah. oh, 
cut that shot out. Or Sometimes that's in. okay. It really it, is. I mean, it is. Yeah. I feel fine with it. I don't yeah. think I'm, I still think I'm, I care about it mm-hmm. and I want it to be good. But that, like editing that interview with my aunt was so grueling. You know, you just want it to be over. It's like, come yeah. on, hurry up. Can you speak a little faster? Do you do the trick of like scrubbing, like making, making her talk in like, 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 fa- like, like twice as fast? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do that all the time. Yeah. There was, I, I get to the point with, um, yeah, I can watch my footage a lot of times, but you do reach a breaking point where, like, when I, you know, there, there's that final moment where, especially with an hour and a half long piece, where you're like, I gotta watch, I gotta, like, if I, if this is gonna be the master copy, I've gotta watch it, yep. eyes peeled, making sure and and hearing yep. that there's no problems with it whatsoever, and I just can't fucking stand it. Yeah, I can't watch this anymore. I don't care. I can't even imagine. Or like you change one shot, and you're like, how does that affect the whole piece? Yeah, or you know? or, or, or just changing that one shot, you accidentally put a clip in another track, right. and 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 you did completely didn't realize you did yeah. that. You have to watch the whole thing to catch that. Uh, otherwise, you'll oh, publish man. something that's fine. Yeah, I can't imagine an hour and a half. Like, I've had to do that for jobs to QC yeah. movies. Um, but it's, in a way, it's different than doing your, your own. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the second half of this, I've rearranged those scenes in the end, like, five times, like, completely. Mm-hmm. And then you have to watch the whole thing to be like, how does it affect the feeling and the tone of the movie? Right, you know? right. Do you yeah. color correct your own stuff? So, I haven't. I'm going to. Yeah. I've n- I've never color corrected. Yeah. I hadn't I'm either like, until Sexually Frank. Yeah. I thought my cinematographer, Dan, was going to do it. And then he kind of, like, flaked out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I know, I, every opportunity I have to make fun of him for what I do. Um, so I kind of figured it out on my own with Apple Color, which has now been canned. And I, you know, right. I have to go on to the next. But I want to I shoot the next movie on that Black Magic camera. And it actually comes with this Da Vinci stuff, so maybe I'll learn that. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I, I hear it's a great program. But, um, yeah. But yeah, it was, it's, it's really, um, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, am I making artistic decisions or am I making technical decisions? And you're making both. Yeah. yeah. That's just what it Completely. comes down to. Completely. Yeah. I mean, it's, I try to edit, um, like, long. Like, I put in kind of everything I want. Yeah. And the shots are really long. And I, the version you saw is probably, like, two minutes longer than it is now. Because, mm-hmm. like, I, I went back to it um, earlier this week and... There's a section that is silent. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, it, it's I do. silent of just like shuddering, kind mm-hmm. of like boat and trees and stuff like that. And I watched. I was like, "Holy crap! This is like a minute and fifteen seconds long, and it's silent. Like of that's silence, really yeah. long. It's basically because I put the shots in as long as they were. Yeah. So I just cut it down to like thirty seconds. Like I do stuff like that just to have like a placeholder and know like how much I have to play with. Yeah. Um, also like my favorite shots, you know, I have some awesome shots that I had to cut out because they just weren't, they just weren't part of the movie. You know, they were on a tripod and the rest is not on a tripod. So that doesn't work. Um, By awesome, do you mean like, 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 you know, this really works as a shot, like visually? Just, yeah, as a single visual shot. But it, it doesn't, but it's it doesn't not, it's, it's a fit part in of that nothing. movie. Yeah. yeah. That's too bad. It's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's Especially like... it's expensive too. <laughs> yeah. But that's, I mean, that's what, that's like the last thing is to cut out those little things that kind of tug at your heartstrings. And... Yeah. Are you going, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Getting a rough cut is easy. Getting a locked cut. 
is a it's the same thing with writing really is like yeah. getting 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 stuff down on paper yeah, it's a little tough but but um uh, calling it done calling it ready to shoot is, yeah. is uh, that big step yeah and that, that that I really do have, like I strongly believe that it's something people have to get over the, the idea of like uh, faith enough in the idea that like this is going to be what this is going to be uh, mm-hmm. and and we'll make new discoveries when we shoot yeah and you know you know, well, you say getting a rough cut is easy. <clears throat> I think for beginners, it's not. Really? It's really hard. I think having, f- for myself, I, I always try to remind myself of this. Like, the first film I, t- I made was six years after I graduated college, and it was like five minutes long. But yeah. it took me so long to make it. Um, Just a, f- and a, a fear, or what was it? I think a lot of it was trusting the process of filmmaking. Yeah. Trusting that... I don't have to have all the answers and all the ideas ahead of time. You right. know, like that comes. You're like, the, I can't move forward until I have this. Until I know exactly thing. what I want to do. Right. And yeah. a lot of that comes from the material that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of become the filmmaker that I am. You know, yeah. like I shoot this stuff from years. And then I go look at it years later. It's really interesting. And see how it works. Like what's there? What am I going to put together? Yeah. That's definitely um, not most people's schedules. Yeah, but I do think either way, trusting what you got, you know, being able to see that what you shot is different than what you wrote. Yeah. And how your actors acted is different than what you were imagining mm-hmm. them or your memory of whatever. Yeah. And it's not to say, like, yeah, I'm sure <laughs> we all we all laugh at the idea of, like, fix it and post and shit like that. But there, there's yeah. also trusting, like, post is this whole other world that you're going to go through this all over again. And you'll think that you're done once you've, got a locked cut but you've just started because now it's time to mix and it's time to color correct yeah so, so and you, i mean i always think getting feedback is huge and then you re-experience it all over again in feedback yeah because yeah. how are other people receiving your mm-hmm. movie you know you've been inside it all that time and that's yeah. what i miss about grad school the most so far i've been out for a year it's just that regular screening of films i was talking to somebody recently about like i was digging up stuff i made in like seventh grade and eighth grade and it was like every class project I turned into a film. Uh-huh. And I swear it wasn't just because I liked filmmaking. Of course, that was what drove it. But it, it, it had more to do with, like, I can bring this in and show it to everybody. Uh-huh. They all have to sit there and watch it. Yeah. And, and the feedback becomes this, like, uh, you, you, it's, it's partly why we get into uh, performance at, at the very least. And, and some, some I'm, maybe you're not as much like this as me, but there is that. It starts with, as George Carlin said, aren't I funny, aren't I cute? It starts with, like, what do you think about this? I'm yeah. different, right? You know? Yeah. And, yeah, uh, no, I think everybody has that, though. Yeah. You know, you're making a movie. Yeah. Isn't it great? Don't you yeah. love it? It, it requires <laughs> a, a degree of egotism, a small, yeah. you know, or, or delusion or something. Uh-huh. It requires that just to move forward. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. So uh, can people watch this stuff online yet or anything? Like, if people, because it's all intriguing sounding and they want to watch. Oh, wow. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> um... I don't know. It's on a private Vimeo. <laughs> yeah, right. You're like, no, you can't watch it. <laughs> I don't I even know how that works, honestly. Like, um, oh boy. <laughs> You're just like, what do I do? Why don't we say like we could have a link on your yeah, yeah. red cow page, yeah, and totally. I'll figure out what to do. <laughs> like, a, like, what a, do, like, I do? Like, like a blank check. Yeah, <laughs> like Chrissy will sign this later. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, well, do you have like anything that's public? Uh, up online? I don't. Yeah. I don't know. So I'm just finishing this film. Yeah. Right? And I'm I'm hoping to have it done with like a film print in like July or something. 
um, and color corrected and mixed and all that. And then, I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, hopefully, well, were you considering film festivals and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So let it run its course there. I want to try to do yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. You but can't. You can't have it online. If you're I have another film that uh, I could like have on video. Or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So. Well, good. Well, if you ever, um, if you're ever uh, applying to Emerson College and they're trying to show off the, the mix room, you'll probably run into Chrissy. Come to Mix A and say hi and ask her questions. Yeah. Um, she's 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 uh, the better of us. She's the best of us. <laughs> no. uh, you really are. You've been, you've 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 uh, this place needs you. Um, uh, every I think every space like this needs a Chrissy. Wow. Uh, somebody who's kind of like this this uh, uh, the heart of it. Um, you know, really, I I really mean that, and I'm, I'm sure the faculty agree. I'm sure the students agree. Wow, um, you, you're you. you're one of those memorable people. Um, after they graduate, and they go, well, at least I spent that time with Chrissy <laughs> figuring stuff out. And, uh, so that's that's exactly why I wanted to get this down on wax. Wow. Thank you very much. Yeah. No problem. Um, so we'll, uh, uh, people will hear from you later, hopefully. Yeah. All right. Talk to you. Thank you.